Welcome to The Reforming Lounge, a podcast on spiritual formation for the wandering heart. Every Wednesday, we gather to discuss questions centered around mental health and discipleship in the context of the local church. Hey guys, good morning. Welcome to The Reforming Lounge. Hope that you are having a great start to your week. I am gathered here with Fowler. He He's dancing, but... um. He's a licensed therapist that dances on Zoom. Technically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. Um, Yeah, my name is Marco. I'm one of the hosts here. Hope you guys are enjoying the week. Uh, How are you doing, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Rocking this water. uh, (laughs) Drinking my water. So I'm currently four ounces in. Plan to knock out the remaining 31. Oh, okay. Our time together. So nice scientific i mean yeah well i'm finishing this here coffee and then i'm gonna finish my water that's sitting right there nice mm-hmm. that's how much good. water do you drink a day oh man i mean normally about a gallon okay yeah so i've been slacking though so yeah like basically since my family was here visiting <laughs> i feel like my routine has been off getting back into it so right. and then i got well so yeah. You got what? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> you got a procedure done. Yes. That put my workouts on hold uh for for about a week. So yeah, we're just gonna let it like, imagine. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Very invasive procedure done. Uh <laughs> so but dude, oh. if I'm not if I'm not lifting consistently, everything else was part. Like I'm oh, not yeah. good about how consistent I'm eating, what I'm eating, how much water I'm drinking. I mean, it's like, it's all based in the exercise yeah. for me. So. Yeah, it is. No, I get that. I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, how many times a week do you work out? Four. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I know it is. That's right. I do three, which is not enough. I think. Yeah, that's right. Cause you're old. I mean, I may be old, but I'm stronger than you. So (laughs) only in most respects, are you stronger than me? (laughs) I thought it was deadlifting more than you. I think that's the one thing that I had. No, you were squatting more than I was. Are you sure? I think it was squatting. Yeah. Oh, well. It's not deadlift, bro. What's it? Don't get ahead of yourself. Okay. Okay. I just feel like deadlifts are my best. So I'm not saying they're that, not. I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I was just saying that I think you are stronger at me in squats. Yeah. Say that again. That you're stronger Say it at again. Me in squats. Yeah. Yeah. That's it right. That doesn't mean yeah. that deadlift isn't your best exercise. You're just not better at me in deadlift. Mm-hmm. Agree to disagree. Well, I'm just saying I've seen your numbers and they're embarrassing. Uh, numbers lie. We all know that. You're the one texting me these numbers. So <laughs> <laughs> well, they can be manipulated still. So yeah, they can. There's room for error. Standard deviation, you know, numbers. I guess, man. I don't know, dude. I don't maybe you think you're deadlifting those numbers because you got a bunch of 35s on that barbell. 35s all day. Stupid. Nah, that's how I roll. That's seven thirty-fives on each side. Yeah, fake forty-fives. Oh yeah, we're like fake losing 45s all three of our listeners. Only. 
I know they're all gone at this point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well then let's, let's get into it so that we can help them recalibrate and regroup and get back on, on topic. So this morning we've been talking about this for, for a little while. um, But this morning we're going to be tackling like healing from, and I want you to expand on this healing from 2020 Mm -hmm. in the context of the church. So what do you, what do you mean by healing from 2020 in the context of the church? Um, and in the context of the church, that's yeah, complicated. See? Jeez. Complicated or specific. Flipping, flipping the script, as they say. Um, my, my, my. How are the turntables? <laughs> uh, so let me start in general. In general, um, 2020 impacted everybody, like collectively, right? This was a incredibly unique situation that right no matter where you stood yeah no matter where you stood on the political aisle like you were affected by 2020 yeah yeah yeah. and so um man how that's infected the church i feel like is dude such a range of of areas really yeah that i'm sure you and you know others in ministry have seen um probably even more extremes than the rest of us see Uh, But I guess what I had in mind essentially is like, in general, coming back from um, just where the past year and a half has been for us Mm -hmm. and kind of re-engaging. But also, I mean, part of my my focus with this was people being able to acknowledge that it was difficult Mm -hmm. and being able to find a way through that. Because I think that's, I I guess that's what I'm most concerned about. is people sort of looking at it as if, you know, this doesn't impact us. Right. And it, it, it does. It, it forever will. Like it was such a drastic experience mm-hmm. um, that even those of us, I mean, you know, some people lost people, some people didn't, of course, mm-hmm. but uh, even the ones that, that didn't and maybe had relatively better experiences, it was still a huge event. Yeah. Uh, and so by denying that, I think we can actually cause more problems mm. um, than just being able to acknowledge, man, this was difficult in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think um, <clears throat> I think the church, and I'm speaking the universal church, right? Like just from what I see both on like within our network or my own congregation or even you and the church that you're plugged into, like I don't know how well <clears> – <throat> many in the church have gone about helping others, helping or discipling others in, in just talking about how, <clears throat> how 2020 was a challenge. Now to, yeah. to what degree, obviously that's going to vary for everybody. Sure. Um, like for some people, it was just in- incredibly frustrating for some people. It was, um, you know, great deal of anxiety that they had that they experienced a great deal of hurt not just from loss but just things happening around their community um i was talking with a friend yesterday and and you know it was it was really interesting he said uh we we talked a little bit about 2020 and he was saying man i haven't shared this with anybody but man if he goes um when everything started happening down here, he's like, man, I, I was scared. I had no idea what it was going to look like down here. Um, and he's like, yeah, we got through it, but I wasn't telling anybody that. And I wonder if like how many people are, are like that in, in that, um, that they were genuinely, uh, scared 
or yeah, uh, just fearful of what was going on. And so I think, I think in the church, there's been, um, there's been this, this process of regathering and focusing on the regathering or excuse me, focusing on the gathering of the church, which, which I think is a priority. And I believe that it is essential. Um, and I think some churches have just gone to like, let's flip a switch without necessarily discipling our people through what they just experienced. And there's tension in that because pastors at the very least are kind of like burnt out. They have decision fatigue. Some pastors are under-equipped to counsel people like that might not be their primary gifting. Um, and, and, and generally just under, under equipped, um, pastors had to navigate their own stuff through that. Um, you know, I remember going like, as we walk through 2020, all of a sudden, like people are asking me about what we do regarding COVID and like, I'm not a medical professional, mm. but it's almost like pastors were all of a sudden put more hats on in, in some congregations. And so <clears throat> there is this need to disciple the church through processing their challenges in light of 2020. And there is this tension that leadership is also burnt out, under-equipped, and they're trying to push for the gathering or the significance of the gathering. So it's like these multiple tensions happening all at once. And it's it's exhausting because you're still having to navigate through all of it. Whereas 2020, for us, it felt like I had to navigate through down here, at least we were experiencing from our County, we were experiencing changes every two weeks. And so I felt like I just had to navigate all of these different changes on the fly, feeling like a medical professional, though I'm not checking in with the church to make sure that they're caring for one another. Um, and here we are in 2021 processing our own stuff while navigating through the gathering, navigating through um, discipling people's hurt and experience and frustrations um, and confusion. So navigating through how to disciple the church in that area, but then also navigating through like uh, my own personal stuff. And so, yeah, it, it has felt like a lot of um, there's a lot of like points of tension in, in what is the overall discipleship process. Yeah. Uh, concerning concerning 2020 and i remember one time going to the grocery store in the fall i was with seth and he said dad what do you think is going to be the challenge of 2021 i said i feel like <laughs> all these um generally speaking these mental health concerns all of that is going to scream loudly in 2021 and on and yeah. and that's kind of what's happening and so yeah uh yeah it's just been it's been a challenge to navigate through some of those things yeah dude yeah i imagine so uh, that's where I feel like I always look at these things through um, just this lens of being able to handle and communicate your own emotional distress. Cause even what they know from the research, when it comes to people that are like just better functioning in general in the workplace and things like that, uh, a lot of it can land in emotional intelligence and being able to know what's going on with you to communicate that, know how to regulate it. Yeah. And so when it comes to these situations, you know, and I mean, people are where they're at for a variety of reasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But if um, we're already unable to deal with distressing emotions and then we're, we're in the situation where things are constantly changing, 
we have one group in the church telling us that if we're experiencing fear, that we're not being faithful believers and we should just do whatever we think is right in the moment. Right. With complete disregard for the people that are legitimately experiencing fear and probably like this guy that you're talking about kind of maybe, maybe you felt like he's not allowed to say that and still call himself a Christian. Maybe he feels like he's failing as a Christian in that way. Yeah. Um, But, and through the midst of that kind of this idea that, you know, whatever it is that we're doing and how we're handling this um, ultimately is going to impact how we're representing the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, But where I come back to the emotional distress is that I think there's, you know, people are landing in different areas for a long time leading up to this. Right. Like I, I think that we're, we're getting a little bit closer to, maybe some more sense of normalcy in some ways. But when we're hearing the other people, the people that feel differently than we do, and we have whatever response, um, and there's like no space for us to tolerate that someone else is in a different position, that does impact our discipleship and how we navigate those things. I mean, we could do that with any area, right? I mean, there's there's a guy that I'm discipling right now that has been at a church that, I explicitly disapprove of <laughs> with him, you know? Yeah. And, but I'm not like jumping down his throat every time we meet about this. It's right. like, we've come back to it, but we focus on scripture. Yeah. And I think there's, he's actually at a point now where he's looking at something else, not because I've been jumping down his throat about it this whole time, but because mm-hmm. I think he's been, you know, gradually renewed through the word yeah. and he's now having his own convictions there. Right. And I think he's had to like wrestle with the word and what the word says and, and how that forms how he lives. And so mm-hmm. I think um, <clears throat> I think 2020 did a lot of things. One of them in particular was that it exposed the heart of the church. And is the church really for uh, the kingdom of uh, the kingdom of God or is the church really for her her own kingdom? But we you know, it's we're for a kingdom without a king, you know? And, uh, and so that was one of the first things that I think we began to see. And I'm just, I'm not just talking about our congregation, but I think that's one of the first things that we began to see in 2020, like whether it was political tension or political ideology and racial tensions, whether it was, um, you know, like, uh, medical positions on now, like vaccine or anti uh, against vaccines, mask mandates. And so what, what you've seen is, and it's not that people shouldn't be engaged in those conversations, and it's not that people shouldn't be having those discussions, and it's not that people shouldn't have convictions centered around political ideology or racial tensions or med- medical care um, yeah. or health and safety, let's just say. Um, it's not that people shouldn't do that. The thing is that 2020, and I don't know how well, because I know we're jumping around, but, but so in light of all of that, like in 2020, 2020 exposed idols, period. Yes. It exposed idols in the church. That's what I mean yes. by it revealed the church, uh, the heart of the church, it, 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 that the gospel wasn't central and gospel proclamation was assumed. And, yeah. and when you assume the gospel, you lose it. Yes. You know, you're not, you're not too far from losing the gospel. And so that's where you saw the church's idols just exposed. Yes. Um. And so, and so as a result, like it's hard to bring the church back to 
man, what this is really about because people feel so strongly about other things and they feel so strongly about other things because that's how you feel about idols, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like they're being inconvenienced because they're worshiping something else. Yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that's one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest reasons discipleship has been a challenge in a variety of ways. Like there's, to be fair, there's a ton of opportunities and, it's been challenging primarily because uh, these massive idols were exposed within the church in a short amount of time. And, and uh, it didn't necessarily have to do with idols concerning, like I said, political ideology or health and safety. It also had to do with idols concerning um, comfort. So Mm -hmm. like, for instance, we go into the summer, uh, the summer, the Barna group came out with a study in June or July of last year. from March to about June, they ended up discovering that about 68% of regular churchgoers had not watched a single online sermon from, from that February to about uh, June. And then yeah. uh, Episiology, um, this organization where Alan Hirsch is, is a part of, anyway, um, they came out with a study that showed one out of three out of that 68%, I think 20% of those people were just walking away from the faith and completely. And yeah. so, so 2020 revealed a bunch of idols regarding political ideology, health and safety, racial tensions, um, and revealed com- uh, idols like comfort where many Christians went to sleep. And the truth is many of those Christians are still asleep. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess I'm wondering, um, like, how do you see the church members' responsibility here in terms of being connected to a local body and helping each other heal through some of this? Yeah. I, so I'll, I'll speak from our context, right? Okay. Um, one of the reasons I, I believe that our congregation did well in, in 2020, and I would imagine several other congregations in, in the Rio Grande Valley, <clears throat> But one of the reasons I think we did well through 2020 was because is because one of the most profound values down here is relationships. And that would be the umbrella category. So you got community, family, friendships, like that runs deep down here, and particularly because of the Mexican-American culture. Um, and so our church did very, very well relationally through 2020. I believe that's what got us through. So when we began to regather, we really hadn't uh, suffered that many losses in terms of families leaving or people transitioning out. Like the church was fairly healthy. The challenge has been seeing people disciple one another through their, through their experience, through gospel proclamation. So there's, there's a lot of, um, discipleship happening apart from the gospel. Mm. And so I think um, it, it like this entire year has been kind of dedicated all of the sermon series to one degree or another has pressed discipleship um, with one another using gospel centered proclamation as opposed to only hearing how you feel and saying that sucks and saying you be you it's um, communicating the gospel to one another to remember what God has done for you before okay. you remember what God has done through you. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah. That, that was my follow-up question is like what like what has been replacing that? And it sounds yeah. like kind of an overemphasis maybe on Yeah, cuz cuz even like as as healthy as many congregations were concerning relationship, right? Relationships can be an idol. Oh, and yeah. so particularly down here, um relationships, friendships, community, family, all of those things is I mean you you disciple one another with the gospel of family you know, just relationship, let's hang out. Let's not necessarily talk about a lot of things that do matter. And even if we do talk about things that matter, they are void of the gospel. And, and man, what the, what the church needs pre pandemic in the midst of the pandemic, I suppose, post pandemic, what the church needs is the gospel the whole time. Yeah. You know? And so, and so I think down here, again, I think what made us work and walk through 2020 so well is the, the depth of, of family and community friendship, the challenge is, okay, in those contexts, what is it that we're preaching? Um, because, you know, when you listen to that Barna group study, 68% of people not watching the sermons or listening to an online sermon, like we're not exempt from that down here, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's almost like, I think because 2020 exposed so many idols, the opportunities now become equipping the church is all the more a priority, equipping the church for the work of ministry through gospel proclamation. Yeah, man, that's interesting. Yeah. It, it seems so different. And like you realize real quick where you're weak. And, and yeah. again, it's going to be different in every context, but right. um, I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, and you're good. like this year going into next year, one of the biggest shifts that we've done is we launched our equipping arm, our equipping ministry, we call it Antioch. And so through that, we're doing workshops, theological development. We're doing residencies and internships like 2020 exposed. Oh man, we're really good at community. We're really weak at theology. We're not going to like swing to the other side and neglect community. We need to find a healthy medium to create community in some of these formal contexts while at the same time, continuing to empower community groups to do what they're doing. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting. Um, cause yeah, that's the way that I've been thinking about this whole thing is definitely from a DFW perspective where yeah, we're you speak to it from DFW, right. Which not that, uh, I would say that at least my perception of, of what I've been seeing that not being, you know, heavily involved in, in ministry and seeing, um, a Bro, large frequency of that you are involved in ministry. Right. But I mean, like not your life, you're in ministry. (laughs) That's two people uh, compared to your congregation, which is what? Yeah. We're over a hundred, right? We're like, uh, uh, we're about one, one now we're about one twenty-five. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I mean. It's just like being a church member is different than being a church leader. You know what I mean? So, (laughs) but uh, just saying you matter. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. I feel so special and seen. <laughs> um, but up here, it's like not that it's been gospel centric uh, either in, in a lot of what I've seen. But the, the main area that I've seen it being difficult is just the straight dismissal of people's mm-hmm. experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's like <clears throat> this takes me back to the emotional health stuff, because it's like if someone is unable to like deal with someone being uncomfortable with it. And they just tell them, 
you know, just kind of a, like I always think of the Christian culture, kind of put a bandaid on it, like, Oh, yeah. for you, but there's no real connection or, you know, yeah. kind of bearing the burden with them um, type thing, which is kind of a swing in the opposite direction, right. Where right. it sounds like you're saying in, in your context that it's almost like heavily focused on that, but still the opposite direction of mm-hmm. swinging past the gospel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is DFW like I- it's not that this doesn't exist down here, but I wonder, I, I'd imagine it's much more prevalent up there. I mean, I, I was in Denton, so I remember this, like sure. um, <clears throat> it's much more, the, there is a greater value for individualism in, oh, yeah. in the DFW. Yeah. Like down here, it, it, it exists, but if you preach that, it's like, you're going against the family and then they come at you. Dude, yes. There's a freaking dude. This bothers me so much. There's a billboard up the road from us that says we're more than a church. We're family. And I'm like, you don't know what a church is supposed to be like to say that. Yeah. I mean, like it's, yeah, dude, it's like family goes along with church. It's as important as church in a lot of ways up here. And a lot of the culture feeds into it. Uh, You know, the kind of the, uh, I don't know, I don't know a word that would kind of, encompass that but um plenty of the bible belt culture feeds into like you know god country and family uh kind of thing yeah 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 yeah. so yeah which can be problematic because i think a lot of times and i think we get that pretty clearly from scripture too is that like sometimes you're going to choose one or the other Mm -hmm. i see plenty of people that choose their family over church oh yeah you know or they're they're more invested We, we had that at our previous church all the time where we couldn't, people wouldn't really connect with the church family yeah. because they were constantly doing stuff with their family members yeah. that have yeah. no connection with the church. Yeah. But it's like, that was heavily their priority. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like that down here. I mean, it, yeah. It, yeah. Like family is, is, is the priority. And so yeah. man, to go against the family, uh, or to prioritize something or someone else over the family is insulting. It's triggering. It is uh, triggering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. As the churches, as churches have regathered, like it was crazy. Like uh, we were in Colorado in June and I met with a pastor who uh, still had not regathered with his church um, mainly because, you know, restrictions in, in his city and stuff like that. And so it had been a little over a year. And at the conference that we were at with Acts 29, it was, um, it was the most people he'd been in a room with in over a year. And, and there was like, I don't know, man, maybe a hundred of us, something like that. And that was the most people he's been in a room with. Yeah. Um, so, so as churches are gathering once again, um, yeah, as churches are gathering again, like, what do you think is, because I think some people might just say, like, well, church is important, therefore you should go. But why is it important to gather? Why is it important to to have communion with the saints? Um, so speaking from it, just from like a scientific standpoint, there is a difference between face-to-face communication mm-hmm. and not face-to-face communication <laughs> whether that's you know like if if like you and screen. i's relationship was only a text message right like we're gonna have a very different relationship than yeah. you know being able to hop on these calls or even phone calls sometimes yeah. you know yeah. like that makes a difference um versus 
just being at home. The other thing, I think there's a real impact in seeing other people and being seen by other people. Mm -hmm. I think it breeds a context for vulnerability, not that it assumes vulnerability, but it's so much easier to avoid that if, you know, everything is dependent through online communication. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a big impact, but I would assume also that there's like, there's just, there's spiritual benefits of being in a room full of believers worshiping God. You know what I mean? That maybe those things aren't things that we can really tangibly put our finger on, but it makes a difference. Well, you know, when you think about the gathering, the Sunday gathering in particular, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that are going on in there. It's not just, um, it is not just expositional preaching right? It is not just uh, the band playing songs, like, but all of those things matter. But there's a couple of things that, that are happening. When the church gathers, it is a testimony of the fruit of the resurrection. Like, that's why the church exists. Like, the church gathered is, is the fruit of the resurrection. That, like, yeah. That's why Sunday matters. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> two, when you begin looking at some of the elements or even particularly particularly through through like gospel centered preaching as an example yeah. like everyone is coming together for a couple of things it's to celebrate what god has done but it's also to have our souls thirst quenched with the word right like you're coming in cuz cuz you want to hear that God is for you because of the work that he has done for you in Christ. You want to know, man, like how do I point my, my fix my eyes on Jesus. And so, so there's a celebration that is happening among the saints. Um, there is discipleship that is happening among the saints. When we sing together, when, as we worship Christ, as we listen to the preach word, and in particular, man, as we observe the sacraments, like communion, like in that moment, spiritually, we are having this communion with Jesus. Um, and so, uh, you know, cause we believe that communion is a means of grace. And when you get to participate in that meal together with the saints, um, it is, it is this sweet time of fellowship and it is this sweet time of communing with God. Yeah. Um, cause it's more than a memorial, uh, but it's, it's part of that, but it's more than a memorial. And so, um, like we didn't observe the sacraments, uh, like communion during, during COVID, like we felt strongly like, man, this is something that the, the, the assembly does not us scattered. <clears throat> and so, yeah, there's a lot of things that are happening. It could, and so in, therefore in approaching the gathering that way, it should eliminate consumerism. Mm. Because all of this is for you, but it isn't about you. Yeah. And so um, when you compare that to, I suppose, the online church, now I get it. We Everybody was pretty much doing online church in 2020. But when you stay there, right, um, when, when, you, when you stay there, you eliminate a lot of those elements that aim at corporate discipleship and corporate worship. Yeah. Because you've eliminated a need for God in a way that, oh, how can I say it? In other words, online church increases convenience and consumerism. Yeah. I could fast forward through the worship. I could fast forward through this or whatever. I can go back to the sermon and listen to it whenever I want. Like it's increased my convenience. It's increased my consumerism. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, 
when you look at the context of 2020, like, yes, we did what was necessary, but for, just speaking for our church, um, we, as we began recording sermons and doing all of that stuff and like really paying, like we did this thing called digital liturgy. And so we try to put a lot of resource and time into that so that our church, our congregation would just have resources and a bunch of different things anyway. But we made it very clear that as we were, as we were going to continue to walk through 2020 and walking into 2021, our digital presence was going to decrease mm-hmm. more and more and more and more and more and more every, every step of the way. Yeah. And so, cause I wanted to honor people who were still, you know, timid about showing up and, you know, this is like before the vaccine came out. And so, you know, they're afraid and they're not sure, and they're still figuring things out and cool, man, I want to honor them. I want to love them. And like, I'm going to pursue them and this digital presence is going to diminish um, because I, I actually don't want to increase convenience and consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to increase corporate worship and discipleship and our need for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. My question with some of those things too, with when people are still uncomfortable at this point um, to, you know, attend church yeah. attend small group yeah i think if it's people like, are uncomfortable pursue them like find out what's going on yeah but, man i'm not and down my, for people who say they're uncomfortable and then i see them at a restaurant that's what i was gonna say so like is it is it consistent there right is it yeah. you're you're saying that and you're still ordering your groceries and stuff because you don't want to go to the grocery store or is church the one thing that you're still holding off? yeah, yeah <laughs> which yeah, i think yeah. is a very different picture right yeah yeah i've had uh individuals or families I'll sit, I'll have, man, I'll have lunch. There's one dude. I'll have lunch with him once a month and we sit down, check in on him. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, we're just not sure about, about going back to church yet. But I'm like, so then what are we doing here at this restaurant? And yeah. didn't you just go on a date night the other day? Well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they're like, all right. So now there's some inconsistencies. You're not tripping out, man. It's just, you're being inconvenienced. Right. Yeah. Like you've, you've set some, you've set some rhythms in 2020 that now you don't want disturbed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the other things that I thought would be interesting to, to discuss is like when it comes to being able to come back to this mm-hmm. and, you know, getting back into the church and even back into and being involved with our communities is like so much was cut out in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that will stick around. You know, I think there's plenty of work context that it makes sense for someone to not have to commute an hour to the office you know, yeah. there and back each day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all types of other things that aren't really significant to mention, but, um, but with, with all this new space in our lives, like how do we utilize that, you know, in a way that would be helpful yeah. um, when, when so much is like kind of been stripped out, obviously we're a little bit past it, but sure. There's, who knows what the winter holds also. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but, like if, if that's been the case where we've been forced to completely change the way that our lives are structured um, and having space for the things that we need to be in person for like, like church, um, then how do we appropriately think through, um, you know, the rest of that time, which I don't know if you have any thoughts on it's really more than anything. It's, I'm kind of just presenting it as a rhetorical question. And like, sure. that should be part of our thought process when it comes to healing from this situation. Yeah. yeah. Man, um, first thing I think about is just uh, generally, I think about formation. In other words, yeah. Um, 
like we are a product of what we listen to. Mm-hmm. And so what we listen to, what we believe shapes how we live. It, it, it is formation. And so, man, if I got, if I got time on my hands or if I've realized that th- some things have changed, like even if I haven't set time aside to think through new rhythms, yeah. I have cultivated new rhythms. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so therefore like no one's a stranger to formation. So Christians need to like snap out of that. Right. Um, <clears throat> because you're like, you're, you're going to be formed by what you listen to and what you believe and what convictions you have. Otherwise, like, how do you make decisions? Yeah. Um, how do you establish new rhythms? How do you go about uh, moving forward in certain seasons or again, decisions or, you know, making moves? Like um, I think one of the things in light of all the talk about idols that we had a while ago, I think one of the things that the church needs to get back to is like, yes, discipleship. And that could look like a, uh, many, many different avenues. Again, like for us, it was more of an equipping arm. So we need to, we need to, develop our congregation a lot more through a lot more theological development. Um, but at the same time, I think one of the other areas of discipleship is spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh, in, in other words, how we live out what we believe, how we yeah. live out some of the convictions that we, that we actually hold to. And so I think, uh, you know, in, and then again, other contexts would would mean discipleship regarding community. Okay, so how do, how do we begin to to gather again, or how do we begin to get back into community? Because all of these are formative experiences that are a result of what we believe and a result of what we what what was exposed. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know if that answers part uh, of that. Oh, it does. It does absolutely. So because uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> Also, though, Cal Newport, you could read, you know, digital <laughs> minimalist. I'm just looking for a sponsorship. I know. Come on, so Cal. He's got, he's got a podcast. So I'm just like, hey, he's going to hear about us. He's be like, these guys are great. <laughs> we'll, we'll tag him. When these episodes start coming out, we'll tag him. Yeah, in every single one. And every single one. people. <laughs> Yeah, but no. Okay, so, I think so, that's a really good point, though, that it yeah. happens naturally, whether we're intentional about it or not. Mm-hmm. Which you could really say about discipleship, period, right? Yeah, if we're not exactly. intentional about our discipleship, then we're either being discipled by Jesus or we're being discipled by the world, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, every, everyone's a disciple. The question is of whom. Yeah, 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 man. Um. So, I mean, as we, as we wrap this up, we've, we've kind of gone a lot of, uh, a lot of places. Like what would you say is the, the takeaway in light of healing from, from 2020? What, what would you say is the takeaway? I mean, the main things that I think of dude are being able to be honest about the impact mm. and communicating that with someone. Yeah. All right. Um, but also like, like we were talking about in our theology of emotions and taking action, mm-hmm. I think the same thing applies here with like get involved in your community. Like you have a responsibility to your local church Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't take that role lightly, you know? And so if you just feel like you're just sitting on the bench, maybe there's a problem with that. Maybe that's part of the the difficulty. Whereas, you know, part of what actions pushes or excuse me, emotions pushes to is taking action. Yeah. And so if we're just sitting with all this stuff, it may not go away. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Oh, sorry, I thought you were going to add more to it. No, I thought I think I think that's I think that's great, man. That's actually really helpful. So, all right, guys. Well, as we wrap it up, we really appreciate you hanging out with us on the Reforming Lounge. Catch us next week. Uh, you know when we drop these Wednesday episodes. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Reforming Lounge podcast. Follow us on social media at The Reforming Lounge on Instagram. If you have questions, we want to hear from you. Visit thereforminglounge.com.